Hi, everybody. Uh, sorry for the slight delay. Today's January 12, 2022, and we are here for another episode of Coronavirus Conversation. I am your host, uh, Dr. Randall Bach. Uh, I think my name is right about here, uh, and I think I spelled it correctly. Uh, it's always a challenge. I was in the hospital today and uh, just getting some tests. It turns out I do have a brain. I don't have to visit the Wizard of Oz. I had a CAT scan to prove it. I've had some weird uh, little symptoms. I don't want to get too far into it. Um, but I had uh, a minor heart procedure some months ago and maybe something flicked off or whatever. I still have enough of my brain, I think, to um, <laughs> deal with a lot of the issues here. Uh, you be the judge. Please tell me. I uh, accept criticism, although it makes me very sad if it's mean criticism. Um, so what's new in the uh, world of COVID? Uh, well, I was going to say about the hospital, they, they always want you to you know, give your name and your date of birth. <laughs> um, so it's a funny thing. You know, when you uh, go to vote, you don't need an ID in Massachusetts. I always take out my ID, show them the ID. They're like, no, no, just uh, you don't have to do that. It's like, well, my name, you know, address are right on there. So at the hospital, I do the same thing. Uh, like, what's your name and date of birth? I take my wallet out and, you know, I'm like, Oh, geez, let me get, get my glasses. It's like, you know, Bach, B-O-C-K. Like, no, you have to do it without, without looking. <laughs> well, if I'm here for a CAT scan of my brain, I mean, maybe I do need to read this. Maybe, uh, you know, it's, I, 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 you know, wish all the best to the person who wants to steal my uh, getting my blood drawn or my uh, having some uh, test of God knows colonoscopy or whatever. Um, I suppose that can be done and they probably have some errors uh, because they pick, you know, have the wrong people go to severe procedures, surgeries and whatnot. It's, you know, the surgeons actually do take magic marker. Uh, a lot of doctors, they mark the correct leg to be operated on because people do make mistakes. And amongst those mistakes is COVID. I mean, I, I am not a disbeliever. I think COVID is an actual illness. I think there was original SARS in 2003. Uh, that should have been it, one and done. Uh, because humans don't communicate with bats and pangolins on a regular basis. We do communicate with dogs and cats. Uh, we get uh, toxoplasmosis from uh, cats, I believe. I don't know if any major illnesses we get from dogs, but the bubonic plague became because we were you know, living with in close proximity to rats. Um, there's Lyme disease we get from deer, uh, and it, I suppose we get it from the ticks that communicate with deer. So if there are no deer around, the ticks are not going to get it, uh, and so forth. So you know, if there's an animal reservoir, uh, basis for many uh, infectious diseases. And for SARS, that is original COVID, coronavirus, uh, sudden acute respiratory syndrome, I think it called it, uh, in 2003, um, you needed to have eaten or somehow, uh, you know, I don't know, kissed a bat. And uh, they talk about the wet markets in uh, parts of China where they, you know, sell these live animals and they're exotic and they pay more uh, because they, you know, think they're cures and whatnot, which brings up a whole separate story that, you know, one of the actual uh, major effects in reducing uh, the number of species on the extinct or near extinct list was uh, uh, not, you know, all these NGOs, um, you know, National Wildlife Fund or this and that. It was actually Viagra, because when Viagra was seen to be effective, a lot of people didn't have to, you know, go hunt for uh, strange animals to kill them for their horns uh, or their, their teeth or whatever. So the white, you know, saber-toothed tiger uh, managed, I suppose not saber tooth anymore, but certain white tigers didn't get killed for their teeth or their fur. And, um, you know, a lot of different animals, uh, you know, didn't get killed for their horns like rhinoceros and certain whales and whatnot. And so Viagra did probably more than anything else to uh, keep uh, species intact. Uh, but so be it, uh, you know, I'm not sure why they're eating bats. I mean, there are a lot of uh, potions and uh, hocus pocus and so whatnot that still go on. 
uh, in a lot of places on earth where people think they're getting uh, you know, certain spiritual qualities by ingesting those animals. Anyway, I don't think too many people are doing it, especially after SARS-1. And absent uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology is keeping the thing intact, uh, you know, working on it and doing gain of function. Um, studies partially supported by your tax dollars, most likely, if you're uh, listening to this from the United States. Um, uh, it, it, you know, managed to stick around and, and may very well be a more severe version of the original SARS. I can't tell. It's hard to compare. We don't uh, necessarily, we didn't see that many take cases of it here. But SARS-1 and SARS-2 are probably not structurally that different. And if there was some, you know, gain of function, that is to make cause more severity, that's on us. That's on uh, the Dr. Fauci's of the world, and specifically Dr. Fauci, who's having his own comeuppance, it seems, in front of Congress these days. And uh, he's vilified Rand Paul, but Rand Paul, to all extents and purposes, uh, or all intents and purposes, is correct about this. And uh, uh, Dr. Fauci's day will come. It may need a different politicized, uh, uh, you know, a different political bent of administration or Congress in order to affect it. But, you know, his days are limited anyway because he's 80 years old or something like that. But he has a weird kind of egotism. And he's, you know, claimed himself, if you argue with me, you're arguing with science. Uh, this is absurd. Um, anyway, so so what's new in the world of COVID? Well, it looks finally, you know, despite, well, I'll get maybe get to that in a second. You know, my day in the hospital, uh, I was there two days. I was there yesterday and today for different uh, issues. I'm healthy. Uh, things are pretty going pretty well, but I needed an x-ray of my knee because <laughs> I did an overhand slam in tennis. <laughs> and uh, and it I, I followed through and it, it's supposed to miss you. <laughs> it came down right on my kneecap and, and I karate chopped it with a racket at full speed. And that hurt. It's been still hurting. So I had an x-ray. I think it's negative. Uh, it's getting better. Um, I looked at the x-ray myself. I didn't see anything, but we're waiting to hear. Anyway, when you're in the hospital, uh, if you show any kind of like, you know, you don't have your mask on immediately, um, you are, uh, you know, seen as a lesser, you know, lesser version. Um, I've, you know, said before that pretty much all you need to know about humanity, you could get uh, from the Sneetches, Dr. Seuss, the Sneetches. Uh, one group has stars, the other group doesn't have stars. Right now, uh, the group with stars are the people who are admonishing you and telling you what to do, and they're in charge, and they are super special, and they are right all the time. How do they know they're right? Well, because you know we have to be err on the side of caution. Well, we've been erring on the side of caution without erring, uh, you know, our faces and our our um, you know habits and our our loves and our lives. You know, we need to be aired out as well, not just err on the side of caution. I think at the end of the day, that is uh, something else called cowardice. Um, so, you know, I've been fighting this fight. Well, I, I didn't quite fight it in the hospital because, you know, you got to do what they got to do. And I, I put on uh, my friendly mask and maybe I look better with it. Um, uh, but, you know, my physician, he's a great guy. Uh, this particular doctor, I think he's very thorough and he does more of an exam than some of the other doctors I've seen lately. I personally uh, do probably more of an exam myself. Um, I think there are always interesting things to see and it helps, you know, spend time with the patients. Most of the doctors I see actually don't spend that much time. They're spending much more time in front of the keyboard, uh, kind of entering things, make sure, all, you know, the, the money is going to come in the right way. They have to, you know, check off a lot of boxes. And so he didn't really, most of the doctors don't really spend that much face time with you and it's harder with a mask. And this doctor was wearing not just the mask, but purple gloves and a shield on top, uh, similar to uh, the way I actually saw a couple of people play squash. Recently, uh, one was an MD PhD. There's just a PhD, both in biochemical, um, um, you know, medical type fields. And in order to play squash in a room with uh, 25 foot ceilings, 
um, and they're not going to come near each other. They're doing all that. And they've been doubly, triply, uh, you know, injected, boosted up and all that kind of stuff. And they have no symptoms and they don't smoke and they're relatively healthy, et cetera. Uh, so people are, you know, kind of in this or not in this. And it's one of those things. Um, I don't think it's I think it's hard. Uh, I actually saw some fish today. Uh, they're in the fish tank because uh, I, I was in this, uh, you know, medical clinic and I needed to find the laboratory. I couldn't. So I walked into uh, like uh, a different office just to ask. And they had a beautiful fish tank. And I don't think they were tropical fish per se, but uh, I've never seen this happen. There were maybe 30 or 40 of these uh, fish about that big, a lot of them goldfish like. And and I walked up to there's nobody else in the room. And I walked up and on the left side where they weren't, they all kind of gradually came over to me to you know, look at me with that one eye and on the side. And then I, you know, for, to test, I walked over to the other side. It was a pretty, it was like a four foot long tank. And I walked over to the other side and they kind of all mill over to the other side. And then I walked to the end and I walked to the other end. And they kept doing this. As long as I didn't do anything flashy, you know, like make a sudden movement, they were all interested in me. And if I did something, then they, they disappeared for the next few minutes. It was pretty interesting. But, you know, they, they fish, you know, so-called school, you know, they fish are following each other. You know, do they have one mind, a, like a hive mind, or are they acting individually? Well, it's kind of like a, a, a distinction without a difference. You know, in effect, they are all acting together. When one, you know, jumps, they all, they all, they all jump and skitter away. And if one seems that, that, you know, this guy is interesting enough to come up to, safe enough, and they all kind of say, and, and as soon as the, the least bit of fright, they all disappear. I think this is, you know, emblematic, indicative, and, you know, analogous to what we're seeing now. So in the hospital, you think we're like, I don't know, the Spanish flu was a bad flu. And, and I, I can only just imagine that they didn't have the technology, they didn't have the, the elevators and all that kind of stuff 100 years ago. But, you know, if we were facing something like the Spanish flu without a vaccine and with a, a mortality rate, probably uh, at least you know, an order or two of magnitude higher, you know, 10 to 100 times higher in, in mortality than what we're seeing now, especially amongst young people. Yeah, I think all this would be awesome. Yeah, great. Um, and they probably didn't have a good sense of, of how that was communicated. Um, but, you know, we don't have to do that. You know, the data are all there. I keep hearing about the cases. And the, so just to kind of backtrack a little bit, I wind up, uh, you know, kind of in this debate society um, in a lot of my civic spheres. And I've mentioned before, you know, there's a religious congregation, uh, there's an athletic club, uh, there's like an investment crowd, and uh, I've got a few other groups like political and whatnot. But, and then there's, you know, our groups of friends. And it's, you know, it just turns out that, um, uh, that I, I guess I'm an outlier. I mean, maybe I'm outlying, you know, in order to be an outlier, you be the judge. I, I you know, I don't think I'm, I think I'm out there. I don't think I'm lying, but I'm an outlier medically, and I'm an outlier uh, politically for most of these groups in Massachusetts. And um, what, uh, you know, I am not afraid to, to put the logical points down. They don't get refuted. I'm going to go over a little bit of that today, some of the letters I wrote. Um, but, you know, I, I do, uh, you know, I, I get a lot of, you know, kind of negative uh, um, mental x-ray vibes from some people who I think are frustrated that they can't refute what I'm saying, but they know it's the right thing. And we just, again, we all have to air, keep erring on the side of caution. This is two years of kids not being able to see each other in school. Um, I spoke with a, a longtime friend of mine who's a courageous man, and he has young children, and he changed states uh, of being. He changed states of location. He changed uh, from, 
basically a, a blue state, as we say, to a red state. He moved his family uh, so they wouldn't have to undergo the type of mandates that we're seeing um, um, brought on in the Democrat-run states, wherein kids are, are going to be mandated uh, to get uh, vaccines and boosters on top of it when you know they don't exhibit anything really in the way of symptoms to begin with. They're not at risk. They did fine with the original ancestral COVID, every single version since then. And there's no reason to think they would necessarily do any better with a vaccine. Frankly, the natural herd immunity they've gotten already is, is you know, probably 30 times more effective and, uh, you know, far less dangerous uh, than vaccine. And, the you know, the current coronavirus vaccine is probably about 30 times more dangerous than, you know, standard year-to-year -year influenza vaccines, none of which usually we uh, promote for young kids anyway. So... Uh, where does that leave us? Uh, I'm going to, you know, try to move things along uh, smoothly here, and uh, I'm going to maybe use my uh, magic internet uh, to um, share a screen with you. I forgot to get it up earlier, um, so uh, let's see. So that's up there. I'm going to remove that now. I'm going to just do that as a test. Um, so, what 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 do we have to say? Well. Um, you know, getting further to the news, these are some items we're going to touch on as we go. Uh, the, the, the Biden vaccine mandates uh, ordered from the federal level are under review and scrutiny of the Supreme Court. Uh, as of my information currently, it, there's no decision that's been handed down. Uh, the interesting part is to hear uh, the wise Latina self-described uh, Sonia Sotomayor, uh, who I think has a Princeton education and degree for all you Princeton people out there. Uh, be very proud. She <laughs> said there are, I think, 100,000 um, kids, you know, children in the ICU. If I, I, I'll look at the quote later, uh, something of that order. I think she's, you know, thousands of times off. Um, and and she's on the Supreme Court. So and you're not <laughs> uh, unless you're one of the Supreme Court justices. They're secretly listening to my podcast. Um, and good luck. You know, so th this is kind of like the level of information that comes out. And where does she get it? Well, I'm imagining she gets it from CNN or MSNBC. She's probably not reading or else she would know better. And she shouldn't say this kind of stuff. And she's somebody judging the vaccine mandate. I don't think, I think, I do think there's some reasonable legal um, statute for making such mandates, uh, but they have to be graded on terms of, in terms of severity. If this were literally, again, HIV on wings, uh, where you, you know, can hail something and get HIV. Yeah, I'd probably, you know, be stuck in my basement or, uh, you know, dig a hole in the backyard or whatever and put mosquito netting up or whatever. But this is not. This is currently, you know, this vaccine, because there's no animal host, getting back to what I was talking about earlier, uh, this self-attenuates. In order to be a, con you know, kind of basically a common cold uh, virus, it has to be common. It has to get from person to person, and it can't knock you over completely. Uh, see my previous crowd surfing example uh, from last week, maybe the week before. If you're too heavy, uh, the crowd won't carry you. You drop and crater out. That's a little bit like Ebola. And if you're lighter, crowd will pass you around. You get to you know, touch on more people and, you know, theoretically infect them, but they don't get knocked over. So it's in the virus's interest not to do this over time if there's no animal reservoir from which it can go. So you don't see this with, you know, you don't see attenuation with Lyme disease or bubonic plague or whatever, because they don't need humans in order to succeed. They have an animal reservoir elsewhere. But the, the viruses that do, in this case, SARS-CoV-2, which needs maybe bats or pangolins. And if you know what a pangolin is, you get extra credit, uh, write it down in the uh, comment section. Uh, we don't really communicate with them, so we're not going to really have this, you know, maintain itself except from person to person. So it was going to wind up tapering and becoming uh, more mild as it mutates away. Um, so the, the other things in the news are 
sorry for the Supreme Court. Um, Djokovic, uh, I guess, got to play in Australia. They they put him in the you know kind of the the um, you know dirty uh, person uh, unvaccinated uh, uh, I don't know hotel or compound they have. Uh, this guy is uh, you know the number one player on earth, um, and just like Aaron Rodgers, he's closer to being right than they are. Um, you know these are young healthy people. They I assume don't smoke and uh, clear their mucus quickly, which I think is the real gradient of whether you're a super spreader or not. I, I have been hearing, you know, a lot of people say the kids are super spreaders. <laughs> this is just not true. Unless your kid's like 350 pound uh, obese with uh, cystic fibrosis or something like that, can't clear mucus, your kid is not a super spreader. Uh, on one of these shows from maybe a year ago and a couple of times since then, I showed the basic graph of who are the super spreaders, the ones who carry a big viral load. And it's kind of a product. You can do kind of a basic, like your BMI is your body mass index. You can kind of do a mathematical product and find out obesity and age. So the older you are, the more you're super spreader, because again, you don't clear mucus very well, and the more obese you are. And if you're both, that's even worse. And and again, I think the the the, the common principle is, you know, whether you are somebody who has a cold for a day or two, or somebody who has a cold for a week or two weeks. And I know people like that. A lot of my smoking, uh, long-term smoking relatives um, have that problem where, you know, they get a bronchitis. And I think it's reasonable for them to hole up and do whatever, you know, they need to do um, uh, to focus on protecting themselves, which bring me to focus protection, which was in the news recently. That's the great Barrington declaration from, I think, uh, MD slash PhD combo from Stanford, uh, Cambridge and Harvard. Um, so not podunk schools, uh, right from the get go, apparently, uh, Dr. Francis Collins and Dr. Anthony Fauci of the, uh, NIH and NIAID, um, successfully, uh, excuse me, respectively, um, put out a campaign to discredit them and make them seem as if they are disinformation and uh, whatnot, uh, when in fact they're not. Uh, so they, they uh, it's weird. That's your, again, your ta tax dollars paying for a propaganda movement against a valid proposition, which is shield the people like the people I mentioned who can't clear mucus in nursing homes and whatnot, and protect them all you want and mask them up as much as you want and don't uh, do it to young kids who don't have this problem. And so my friend wouldn't have had to move states which is a big undertaking. You know, it's very expensive and it's an upheaval for the kids and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, people have to do what's right for their kids. That's in the long run. That's why we're here is to pass the baton down, pass the generation. And, and this father, in this case, he's telling me that his, what he really wants to bequeath to his kids is the ability to think rationally and, and bring the message out and let them, to, you know, see situations and, and question them. It used to be that question authority was like the highest um, uh, tenet of the baby boomer generation, and now that they are the authority, no longer, no more questions, no more questioning. All right, so let's see. Um, uh, there are probably a few things I'm missing, uh, but I uh, am not perfect, and I'm not going to be able to get to everything. Um, so maybe before I start, I'll just mention uh, uh, I've been out, and we've had seen some friends, and uh, there's a funny thing. I, I had a, a lecture here two, three weeks ago with Dr. Uh, Nathi Maladla, from South Africa, who is an accomplished ICU uh, anesthesiologist and physician, uh, acute care, critical care doctor. And they, in South Africa, had the Omicron um, episode um, a month before us, at least, and had a lot of, they had a lot of data and they, you know, found it to be mild, you know, easily 10 times more mild, less, you know, fewer uh, case fatality and illness and all that kind of stuff. And, um, they did this essentially without vaccine. So they do some treatment, but probably people just get better. We have a joke in medicine that if you treat uh, the flu, 
Uh, it takes seven days. If you leave it alone, it takes the week. Uh, mind you, there are some good anti-influenza medicines, so that joke may be have to modif- may have to be modified at some point. But you know, people got better, okay, and they probably got better with or without treatment, with or without vaccine. And again, 85 percent of the population in South Africa at that time was unvaccinated. Uh, if you are vaccinated, uh, you may not be doing any much better anyway. Uh, it turns out in Germany, and I'll get to this on one of the slides. Um, they're having Omicron cases. Again, it's not a big deal because the cases don't really lead to much. Uh, there's not that much mortality, morbidity uh, with Omicron, but the cases are higher amongst the vaccinated than the unvaccinated. About 95% of the cases in Germany are amongst the uh, vaccinated and 5% are unvaccinated, whereas uh, the unvaccinated represent about 29% of the population. So almost 30% of the population is not vaccinated and, and only 5% of the cases are Omicron. So that means it's a force multiplier about six times less likely if you're unvaccinated to show up as an Omicron case. Now, there could be some differences on who shows up and what type of person that is. Uh, I get it. But but it, it, it does not show the opposite. That is to say it does not show that people are less likely to get Omicron with the uh, vaccines and boosters and whatnot. And the reason for that probably is because this is no longer a pertinent vaccine. You know, it's COVID-19. We're in 2022, and Omicron is technically 2021. So you're talking about a virus that's two years, two years after um, the original. So why should we expect that a, a vaccine that's modeled after one from two years ago would do any better? Um, you know, if they want to, they should just make the, you know, update the vaccine and put it out. Now, my, I, I don't think there's any real reason because you don't vaccinate for the common cold, and that's what Omicron basically is. But you shouldn't tell people to go get this shot when it's a shot that's basically like two flu shots ago. If I were to do that in my practice, you know, give a flu shot from two years ago, maybe if there was nothing else on earth to give them, fine. Uh, and I get it, but it, I wouldn't expect them to, to have much benefit. We always had a, a kind of a code for, uh, at least I, I partially made this one up. I had a, a rule of 80, which I think people misinterpret with the vaccines anyway. Uh, so it's like, you know, the, 80% of the time they get the, the, the flu shot for the right flu strain because they're trying to predict in advance. And uh, 80% of people get some benefit from it. And when they do get some benefit, it pretty much covers about 80% of your symptoms. So if you do, you know, 0.8 times 0.8 times 0.8, you're getting around half uh, efficacy that is not really fully efficacious uh, uh, for the flu. And Probably the, the you know the the coronavirus uh, vaccine is is on a similar basis. It has some efficacy, um, but it was never supposed to be the whole you know nine yards is going to be like perfect um, uh, protection against everything. So th- I think there's been some misconception about what the vaccine could do and and would do. And now that the v- virus itself has drifted away, um, it doesn't really matter. I, I've compared this to the Baldwin brothers. If you had a restraining order against Alec Baldwin. You had his picture and you really knew who he was and you're on your lookout because you don't want to get shot. And at a certain point, Alec Baldwin had killed more people in the United States than Omicron. Um, uh, you know, that's fine, but but there's mutation, there's difference that come along, different strains of Baldwin come along. So you get your Stephen Baldwin, you get your Danny, Daniel Baldwin. And I think, I forget the other one's name, James Baldwin or whatever it is. You know, by the time you get your next Baldwin coming down, you know, the guy at your front door, the policeman who's looking out for Alec, you know, he may not uh, be able to, to see, um, you know, he may not be able to tell that the last Baldwin is one and he lets him in. And it may not matter because, you know, that guy is not Alec Baldwin. He doesn't carry a, a loaded gun and point at people and so forth. So 
So you may not be in any danger anyway, but it's, it's a mis, you know, it's a misconception to think that your protection against Alec Baldwin is going to protect you against all Baldwins from now and forever, his kids and whatnot. And so this is a misconception. I think we have many misconceptions about the virus, excuse me, about the vaccine. And just to get to that point, uh, we've been with people at various parties and one uh, very educated man uh, said to me that he just recently got COVID, uh, Omicron, it wasn't very severe. And uh, he's pretty sure that's because of the vaccine. So this is uh, kind of a, a fallacy of logic uh, called post hoc ergo propter hoc, after something, therefore because of something. So for the same cohort in uh, South Africa, you know, that didn't have any vaccines, they did fine. Uh, the, the, the same, you know, people here are doing fine with vaccines. So in South Africa, they say, well, you know, we did fine, be, you know, in spite of the vaccine, maybe we did fine because of treatment. Uh, and, um, and, uh, uh, and, and, and here we think we did fine because we had the vaccine. So I think it's just whatever your situation is, culturally, in a sense, uh, you uh, attribute your benefit to that. Uh, but I, I did a poll, you know, not official, but I did kind of informal polling of uh, people who've had COVID recently. And it's, a, it's kind of a nothing burger. And these are people in my cohort, you know, in their 50s and 60s, whatever, uh, reasonably active and healthy. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not a big deal. Most people say they had a cold. So people, you know, I've had, you know, one younger guy say he had, was like on a six or seven out of 10, uh, you know, towards 10 was the, you know, bad flu. Um, but again, everyone's up and around. Nobody's been hospitalized and whatnot. Um, nonetheless, uh, for one of my groups, my, my um, athletic club, uh, they want to institute a full mask um, uh, mandate for people who have not taken this essentially uh, useless uh, booster. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of boggles the mind, uh, you know, how, how this all goes. Uh, there's like almost no way of, of proving it. Nonetheless, I've tried. I've written these long step-by-step -step letters. I'll show you a couple in a minute. And the response I got from a guy who's multi-credentialed, uh, also an MD and a PhD, uh, was that uh, the emergency rooms are overflowing um, and the National Guard has been called up and hospitals and are overcrowded and so forth. And this is exactly the same trope uh, that was trotted out for Delta, uh, which is worse than Omicron, but not that bad, not as bad as the original version. And again, it brought mask mandates and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, when I when I actually poked and prodded back at that, uh, those statements, uh, he was unable to back them up insofar as emergency rooms are crowded or overcrowded. It's because people are running for these tests because they're in a kind of a case uh, test pan, you know, pandemic, a fever of, you know, kind of like uh, tag. You know, they want to know, make sure if they go to a party, they're not going to be the one they feel guilt and shame if they're the one to give somebody else this kind of common cold, meaningless Omicron. But, you know, they feel bad about it. So everyone's testing and they can't find tests because they would run out. And so they run to the emergency room. That's why the ERs are overflowing for the most part. The hospitals are partially overflowing because they've fired uh, a lot of their staff that, um, you know, was doing perfectly fine during the COVID, you know, emergency of early 2020 and wasn't vaccinated then and not vaccinated now. They probably had the illness and they're firing them because they haven't gone in line. Um, and this is a whole another issue where this, you know, getting in line or not getting in line has become the Harry Potter sorting hat uh, for a lot of our institutions where they are now in a sense, have an excuse or a means by which to get rid of people with whom they disagree politically. So I think one of the real problems that we're going to have in our military, for instance, is getting rid of the stalwart types who know how to, you know, stand up and, 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 you know, think and, and read about stuff and protect their families and themselves. 
and realize they're young and healthy, they have no need for a vaccine and or booster. And if they've had the virus itself, that's even more absurd. And those people are being axed, cut from the military, cut from institutions, so forth. So I think we're having kind of a political purge by proxy. I'll say that, say that three times fast, political purge by proxy. Um, propagandized political purge by proxy perpetrated on people protective I can't go on. Anyway, you, you'll maybe you can come up with better, one better than that. Um, so th this is, uh, you know, somewhat uh, silliness. Anyway, so let, let's see uh, what I have of, in store for you today. Uh, this is an oldie but goodie. I'm going to just bring this up here and I'm going to, um, you know, just kind of breeze through some of the Internet things I have and try to cut this uh, at, at 45 or 50 minutes. Um, this is an article from the, the New England Journal uh, fully, uh, you know, what is it, 15 months ago. And I bring this up because you should, you should show this article to anybody uh, you know who is outside uh, with a mask. So dinner may be the most dangerous part of sports during the pandemic. Uh, basically, the point is the NFL did genomic testing. So they did trace testing of everybody who showed up positive for COVID. And here we go. Here's the killer line here. Uh, maybe I'll make this bigger for you. Uh, we still see no evidence of on-field transmission from football-related activities. Okay, what does that mean for you? That means that when they're doing fumble drills and they're right in each other's faces and they're, you know, on top of each other, indoors or outdoors, um, they are not giving each other COVID. This is back from when it was bad and a worse version. Um, they are getting it because they go out to parties and they, you know, have quote unquote dinner, but they're probably doing other things after dinner, uh, you know, with uh, potentially uh, uh, dates and whatnot that is giving them COVID. And that, again, has been somewhat, again, of a distinction without a difference because they don't really get sick anyway. So, all, you know, all these players have been kind of booted and teams have had ups and downs based on these, you know, crazy rules um, that, uh, you know, are penalizing teams based on the fact that their players are social and going out and having dinner, as it were, and whatnot. This is a craziness. And so the leagues are not benefiting, I don't think, from this. And certainly the players are not getting any negotiable excuse me, any uh, observable difference. It's negligible. Um, it's probably only to harm them and they get out of shape and whatnot. So this is kind of a craziness, but we knew this early on. Uh, I don't think this study has been, uh, you know, it's not a full study, but I don't think this observation that brought out. Uh, I have, you know, friends who are out on their bicycle reprimanding me uh, for not wearing a mask over the last year or so and wearing a mask uh, in hot weather and so forth. Uh, so let's just go over some of the other things I pulled down. Uh, this one is um, corroborates the point I made earlier um, at the time when the U.S. needed COVID-19 dialogue between scientists, Francis Collins and Anthony Fauci um, uh, moved to shut it down. This is, you know, shows that their emails were, were um, you know, trying to collude uh, for that. So this is an example here. And they're talking about GBDeclaration.org. That's the Great Barrington Declaration. And you can pause this, please, and read this. Here itself is the uh, Great Barrington Declaration. I recommend you read it, sign it. Um, and the point is that, you know, again, I have my 90-year-old mother-in-law in the basement. We love her and we want her to be safe. She had a booster, I think, today. She could have one tomorrow if she wanted to um, within medical reason. I'm not voicing it on her. Um, and she can get treatment if she wants to and so forth. But this doesn't mean that her grandchildren uh, or their potential for great-grandchildren should be halted on the altar of, of preservation of, you know, some diminishing return on a 90-year-old's life. Again, I love my 90-year-olds, but 
Uh, it's no reason to, you know, ruin the lives of nine-year-olds who don't get to see each other in school and so forth. Um, this is something that I, you should know about. Uh, this is not quote unquote real yet. It hasn't been data proved, uh, proven, but you know, athletes are dropping dead. Uh, this is something that's happening, uh, in FIFA, I think, which has, uh, uh, forget the number of members. Um, but they are seeing five times the annual average of, 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 of deaths, sudden death. These are sudden cardiac deaths. So here's the number here. In 2000, there were 242,000 athletes registered in the association. So by definition, these are healthy people. Again, I think mostly men, uh, mostly young, mostly you know non-smokers. They're athletes. They're in top physical shape. And is this a lot or not a little? Well, I don't know, but the number is huge compared to prior years. So they've been collecting data on this and the same membership in 2021 as there was you know, in 2017 and whatnot. So if you average the, you know, other years of probably about three to four deaths per year, now they're over 20. Uh, that's, you know, this is not proof, but, you know, something is different. So what happened? Why wasn't it during the COVID year of 2020? Well, it's the vaccine year of 2021. So, you know, they do kind of a P analysis here, a statistical analysis. It's highly uh, statistically significant and only likely to happen by chance one in 500 times. So if you waited 500 years, you might see something like this by chance. So this is not this is not proof, but it's something to consider. Um, uh, this is from Alex Berenson also. I've got two articles of his. Has COVID vaccine efficacy turned negative? So this gets to a point that um, I'm going to get to a little bit later as well. Um, it, it made, you know, I mentioned it earlier with the German data that more people are showing up with Omicron cases who have been vaccinated versus not. Uh, I, you know, this is, uh, the, he, he brings up the same points as the Germany data as happening in Denmark and, um, and Iceland. So I'm not going to be able to you know, parse this graph for you here because uh, I don't think it's very clear. And I think he could have done, frankly, a better job with this, um, but it's worth reading. Um, let's see. So I'm going to maybe cut out of this for a second while I get my slides ready. Um, let me see, make this, put this in presentation mode and go to the top. And I'll come back to some of the um, other, uh, um, let me, I'll, I'll do these articles. Uh, let me, I'll do these articles first. Uh, just to show you two, two more articles here. Uh, this is uh, Alex Berenson also. Uh, boosters are over. Uh, the World Health Organization has waved the white flag on COVID, COVID vaccine boosters. So you may or may not know this, but you know if if WHO um, uh, doesn't want it, it's something to look at at this point. Um, I think they've probably been slightly more flexible than CDC has. Um, so they, they pretty much, I think they're saying here, one line of vaccine strategy based on rep <laughs> this is what I've been saying forever and a half. Oh my God, the WHO. Maybe they've been listening to my podcast. A vaccine, I said this earlier in this program, a vaccination strategy based on repeated boosters, uh, booster doses of the original vaccine composition is unlikely to be appropriate or sustainable. So they don't say that as clearly as what I did. Uh, he goes on to say, aside from a few unlucky uh, Israelis, no one's going to be, you know, redosing with the original vaccine. Again, this is like your old flu shot, uh, uh, working, trying for the new one. Einstein uh, had his definition of insanity, which is, um, trying the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Uh, this is what people are doing. Maybe uh, finally they're realizing the insanity of it. Uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, what is this, like a week ago? Uh, Omicron 
uh, makes Biden's vaccine mandates obsolete. There's no evidence so far that vaccines are reducing infections from the fast spreading variant. So the good news is it's a fast spreading variant. It's mild. Uh, vaccines are relevant to it. And no matter how people you know, try to put this on retroactively as helpful, it is not. Um, so, so this is the key paragraph here. I would say uh, these findings are now obsolete as of January 1st. Omicron represented essentially all of U.S. COVID cases. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. As the C CDC uh, put it in December 20, we don't know yet. We don't yet know how well vaccines and medications work against it. Well, this is, this is um, you know, this is kind of a left-handed compliment kind of way of saying that they don't work. Um, what else we have here? So I finally did find, this is totally separate. I finally did find a dashboard that uh, goes into depth about um, uh, COVID details. It's actually on a candidate um, for Congress, a Republican running in Massachusetts. Um, so <laughs> go figure. Uh, but she has one of the only uh, things I've seen, which you know separate the data by age group. I'm not going to have to ask where she got it, but I've been looking for data like this, uh, which show the various age groups, mostly the elderly, when you do look at hospitalizations and whatnot, as having the problem. The young people are down here, whereas you know if you look at actual numbers, demographics, you know this is the majority of your population. I think the median age is in a population around 34, so half your population is in with these younger age groups. And so half your population has very, very low uh, representation in hospital during COVID. Uh, so, you know, this is this is by like, you know, 80, 90 percent of the hospital census represents a small fraction of the population. Um, so I think that's it for the uh, slides. Um, yeah, I'm going to maybe do just a couple of my slideshow slides and see if I can get to some questions as well. Um, so I'm going to step out here, remove this for a second. Um, let's see some. Uh, let's see. Look at the, the yeah. We, I'm not going to be able to answer all of these right now, but I thank you for commenting, and I hope there's a lively discussion here today. So I'm going to put this on slideshow and just go over some of the things that I've been looking at, and they're not in, in fabulous order. I'm going to go through them quickly because uh, I have yet to eat dinner, and um, you don't want to see me when I'm hungry. Um, so this is to the point that I was mentioning um, about the uh, uh, Germany data, and I'll let you figure this out yourself. Uh, Seventy, you know, thirty percent of the population is not vaccinated. I point that out up here. Uh, yet, you know, not, you know, they're very, very low numbers. They're not thirty percent of the COVID cases currently. Um, this is the same point made, uh, I believe, from Canada. Uh, they <laughs> so it can be passed around. They un you know, they, they blot, blot out the word, uh, whatever this word is, starts with a V, an un-V, something vaccinated maybe. Um, hospital patients vaccinated outpace the unvaccinated, but it doesn't mean, but it doesn't mean the shots don't work, experts, of course, uh, obviously. Um, so this is your Omicron. These are the top five Omicron symptoms over here. And of course, they pretty much align with what we used to call the common cold. This is cold and flu medicine from NyQuil. So uh, I guess you should stop society and make people robotically uh, wear these disposable masks endlessly. You know, this is, uh, you know, trash and uh, there's aluminum in it and you're supposed to throw it away. It's made it, uh, I don't know, somebody's profiting by it, probably China. Um, so, you know, I, I, I tried to bring this up to um, my, one of my groups 
And this is part of the letter I wrote. Uh, you can pause it. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's pretty much the point I just made. Um, I was given uh, this response that the hospitals are uh, overflowing. Um, and again, this is kind of a trope that they used in Delta. If you look at the tweets, uh, somebody collects these things, it's, you know, they get everyone to kind of like mass produce uh, the same sentiment to kind of like propagandize and sway people. But if you look this from, uh, I think, NPR, uh, local uh, public radio, and there's an honest reporter here there. Uh, her name is uh, Bebinger, I think. Uh, she compiled these, um, which shows that uh, because, you know, basically the, there are fewer hospital beds because people have reduced their hours. They've taken a leave. She changed jobs. She doesn't mention that they've been fired uh, because of, um, uh, because of, uh, you know, not taking the vaccine, but that is also the case. Um, and the National Guard one was a similar uh, silly aspect because of people being fired. Um, so this is, you know, a lot of the, the uh, data here. I just mentioned, uh, you know, Sotomayor mentioned this part here. Uh, the Supreme Court justice mentioned these other items. Uh, and again, each one is false. So they should really, this is, again, the, the Democrat appointed uh, justices, they should get their, their facts better. And so there's kind of a, another narrative that's been running along. It's like, uh, you know, the conflation and, and confounding of data um, wherein uh, people are hospitalized with, but not from COVID. Uh, so what else we have here? Uh, so this is Martha Bebinger who produced that other stuff from N NPR. Um, uh, and again, she's mentioned the ERs are, are overcrowded because uh, they can't get the tests at other places. And why is that? Because, you know, we've made it to kind of a testing crazy um, uh, society. This is a point I believe I wrote, um, and uh, you can stop and read it if you like. Uh, this is a, another tough slide to read, but you can pause and look at it. This is a part of the letter I wrote to one of my groups about uh, the, some of the you know draconian uh, measures they're over undertaking right now. And it, you know you've pretty much heard what I had to say. If you want to stop and read it, uh, you can do that. Uh, this is a response I got. Uh, he. Uh, this is from a physician, a uh, very well-respected uh, physician and one of my uh, you know, groups, civic groups. And uh, he read these points here, oops, sorry, and uh, came up with this conclusion that uh, I see this as your conclusion, either that old people or those with underlying illness would have died anyway. I just don't see it that way. Um, you can read this over. You can tell me if anything I've said here makes it sound like this. Um, you know, the, 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 I, I believe in protecting the old people. And yes, they will die at some point. The nursing home deaths, half of the COVID deaths are nursing home quality patients. And the nursing home life expectancy when you get there is about 14 months. Or otherwise, you wouldn't be in a nursing home. And there's a turnover of about half the nursing home population every year. And so, you know, a certain fraction of them died from COVID. Yes, but they would be dying anyway. Um, but I don't think old people in general would have died anyway. I do think there was a blip in COVID deaths, but that's early 2020. There has not been the replication of same since then. There's been a lot of, you know, kind of puffing up, turbocharging the data because of financial incentive or whatever political gain people have by exaggerating. And we've seen that most of the responses I got were exaggerated claims of hospital overcrowding, ER overcrowding, et cetera. Uh, this is again, kind of long, don't expect you to read it, but you can always stop and pause and look this. This is a letter similarly I wrote. I'm trying to get them to undo uh, their um, uh, mandate 
for masking if you're not boosted, when boostering is kind of a pointless task, especially if you've had the illness already, and especially since Omicron is kind of a nothing burger. Just as a quick reminder, uh, this is the um, COVID hospitalization rate per age group. And I'm sorry for the uh, slide on incorporating everything, but it's very low for everybody. And um, even for those people uh, 70 and above, it's a low rate. Um, this, I guess I, I already showed this from the Wall Street Journal article. Um, this is kind of complicated. I maybe pause this if you're interested. Uh, this is, you know, talking about the lockdowns. Do the benefits exceed the costs? So here, over here, the benefits um, from all the lockdowns we've had. Um, and these are the uh, not, these are the costs we've incurred. And I think this is never seen uh, in the places like the clinic I was at today, where everyone's just worried about that one germ. Um, and they're not, you know, seeing all the absurdity, the anger, the irritation, uh, the lack of, you know, breathing adequate oxygen on a daily basis, maybe making people irritable and so forth. Um, this is, uh, I find this kind of a humorous meme. I'm, I'm kind of going to do these, uh, quick, um, memes I find, um, and maybe some Twitter stuff. Uh, mass formation psychosis is quickly becoming a far, new far right buzzword. This literally was uh, passing around uh, most of the left leaning uh, sites because guess what? We are having mass formation psychosis. People who wanting at this stage of the game to be masking people eternally uh, for a cold or the equivalent when the booster doesn't work. This is craziness. And you can see here uh, there are you know there is some kind of like change in the narrative. So it's not just our mass force formation psychosis. The reason is because we've been told all the opposite of this prior. So we've been lied to so long. The truth comes out. There was gain of function in Wuhan. We supported it. Fauci signed off on it. You know, and to be told the opposite endlessly does make you feel you know as if there's a little bit mass formation psychosis, aka propaganda. Uh, you can stop and look at these slides. This one's pretty quick. If masks work. Uh, why do this? Do I do that? Uh, and if they all work, then why were there lockdowns? Uh, so he's bringing the same point here um, about um, the hospitals uh, kind of misdiagnosing, overdiagnosing. Uh, these black ones here are from Ben Shapiro. I'll just leave them there for you to look at. Uh, the one on the right, <laughs> this guy, the BBC, was criticizing Djokovic. Uh, who, is the, who is the threat to health services? I mean, you know, you, you care so much about health. You know, really, you know, clean your own house. Look to your own self. Uh, people in glass houses, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this is again, Ben Shapiro talking about Djokovic. You can stop it if you like. Uh, these are just a couple of memes. Um, oops. Um, you know, this shows kind of the progression that people are having. And this becomes kind of more a polemic political thing than a, the, you know, virus than, than an actual physical one, because the physical one is not that bad anymore. Um, here's our political leaders, I think, just as of last week. Um, I think this is a a funeral service of some type. Maybe I'm not positive. I don't remember what it was, but this is sad. You can bet your your last dollar that uh, Mr. Biden is, uh, you know, quintuply, triply, whatever it is, boosted and whatnot. And everybody is, uh, I mean, this is just not a good look for your leaders. I, I really think it's crazy. I don't think this, you know, shows uh, power. I think that you need to project power as a leader of the, you know, greatest free world democracy, constitutional republic. And this does not do that. Um, this is our old friend, Fyodor Dostoevsky. I have to tell you that reading Crime and Punishment uh, it didn't quite change my life, but it's been you know, really an interesting ride since then. I recommend you read it. Uh, I'm impressed that people um, uh, betray themselves for so little and give up freedom for so little. Please don't do that. Uh, again, another 
meme, you can stop and read it. Uh, I like this one from Jenna Ellis. She's an attorney, but she's not wrong. It kind of goes back to the NyQuil slide uh, up above. Um, this I see a lot of this stuff. This is not my photograph, but I've been seeing a lot of this lately. My physician was similarly, but he had gloves as well. And this uh, counter failing uh, point, um, if you wear your mask in public, why don't you wear one at home? Uh, so, I don't know. You know, figure this stuff out yourself. Uh, this is an interesting side from a doctor. And this reiterates the point about exaggeration in our hospitals. Uh, here's a new style you might get. Uh, you know, just open this up every little while, every few months. Um, you can read these. I, I think uh, I, I'm not sure the government is the virus because the government is us. Uh, we just have to be more attentive and we have to take back the narrative. We have to say what we need to. Um, the media is how it spreads. Uh, people's behavior, eh, you know, it's not everyone's behavior. It's its whether you are able still to question uh, authority. I do believe in the last part here. Um, so this is an older guy, Marcus Aurelius, uh, Roman uh, emperor and uh, uh, smart guy. Um, but you have to, you know, be able to, um, you know, keep the thing of real value to, to think for yourself. So I'm going to end it um, uh, with that. And uh, I hope you enjoyed what I had to say here. Um, let's see. Am I tired of this yet? I'm going to read some. Let's see. There's a Steve Beard here who um, put up a few uh, comments. Uh, and so you can read his comments here. I don't think this one's wrong. COVID virus is tiny. I think it's actually 50 microns. Um, yeah, the CDC is announcing N95. I think this is going to uh, uh, disappear. Looks like my posts are silent. I'm out. Uh, well, I, I'm sorry if I addressed it too late. Um, I hope you have a good evening. Please uh, share this. Uh, passes around. Uh, you are the message. You are the good virus. Um, and you're going to uh, make the world a better place by uh, thinking and acting appropriately. And uh, I wish you an excellent night. Thanks so much.